podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So, uh, following Harry Kane's intervention yesterday evening, which turned my 19-point monstrosity into a 60-point acceptability, my head's a little sore. It must be all the cigarettes and alcohol. I love a good vice, though. And uh, I'm joined today by Nick. How are you? I'm very well. Um, yeah, I got your text saying you were on the old gin and tonic last night, and I was thinking you can have it all, but how much do you really want it ahead of podding today? <laughs> However, you look fine, so um, shall we crack on with it? Yeah, that's, that's all right. Let's, let's keep going. So we are Who Got The Assist. Find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL, online whogottheassist.com. Follow us and subscribe if you like what you hear. In this pod, we'll recap this game week's key talking points, talk about the anti-meta team, update you guys on that, look at market forces, and uh, also do Psychology Corner before we move on to our community questions. Yeah, and Yomwatch is back as well, isn't he? He made an appearance. Yeah, he did. He did after last week, him not having a section. I think he just wanted a section on our pod this week, so definitely we'll be doing that too. Well, yeah, it was to be expected. A phantom Johnny Evans injury <laughs> alongside a phantom Phil Jones injury is pretty oh, standard for FPL. So before let, let, let's go into the game weeks then on that note. So uh, as Nick's just alluded to, I had Phil Jones. Uh, obviously, he got taken off after 19 minutes. I took a minus four to bring him and also Jesus or Jesus or whatever we're calling him. Jay-Z. In. Jay-Z in. And uh, yeah, on, on Saturday night, I was on, was it 19 points with a four-point hit? So my, yeah. yeah, it was looking terrible. You're, you're in seriously bad shape. I, if it wasn't for um, Matt Ritchie and Rob Elliott, the Newcastle boys, I think you'd only been on about seven points or I something know, ridiculous. Absolutely you know? diabolical. And obviously, I captained Sterling, got very, very lucky that my vice was on uh, on Kane. And the next day, you know, 40 points, basically, from, from one game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that was that was good. It's redemption. Sixty points gives me a green arrow. Um, still one point four seven million. So that's that's kind of depressing actually. Despite the fact that I managed to tread water this week somehow after Kane's performance at home. Yeah, definitely. I think you were quite lucky with uh, with your <laughs> vice uh, striking, but I know you weren't the only one that went went Captain Sterling. Well, as for me, another quality performance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sixty seven points. I actually had Sterling and Jesus as well, so I was completely trolled by Pep, as many managers were. We yeah. talked on the last pod, I think, about Sane maybe being the one that got dropped. Of course, it happened to be Sterling and Jesus, the ones we owned. Yeah. But the man I transferred in, I talked about it, was Otamendi. Mm-hmm. Did Otamendi for Ben Davies really paid off 15 yeah, that points. Was, that's a huge swing, isn't it? So, I mean, who, who would you have got off the bench? Um, Ward, one point. Ward. No, so, uh, didn't you have Wimmer first? Uh, Wimmer got so, taken. Wimmer, so... <laughs> Considering I ended up with 67 points, I had about four or five players that didn't actually start. So Soddy March didn't start. He got one point. Vimmer didn't play at all. Sterling didn't play at all. Uh, Loftus-Cheek didn't start either. So, you know, I ended up with uh, Loftus-Cheek, Carroll, March and Sansala as my four midfielders, which is not impressive. 67 points out the bag. Yeah, that's very good. I think it all kind of hinged on you getting Otamendian, didn't it? So you're 5.0, March Madness, this is the Friday night game. I remember we sat down, we looked at the team sheets, and I was just I saw a text come from you, oh God, March didn't start, damn it. Uh, it was just 3-0 to, to Brighton. I mean, Bilic, he's got to go, hasn't he? I mean, he's been confirmed today as staying on some some reason. But he's that's a go. surprise. I was going to say, has Bilic been fired yet? Yeah, that was my, my first question. There was a... It was a three-way um, race, I think, for the, the firing between Bilic, Komen, and my dark horse, which is Mark Hughes. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. that guy's still in a job either, no, but no, no, Komen won. But yeah, Komen's won it today, and it just looks like, you know, 
Golden Sullivan never seemed to sack mid-season. They just seem to they let managers uh, see out their contracts. It was Sam Allardyce as well, of course. But this might be one where they need to think about it. I mean, I watched the game and they were not very good. Um, I mean, Glenn Murray, the old warhorse, got a brace. <laughs> one guy triple captained him in the FPL was <laughs> going around. Oh, I God. think that was purely to be uh, top, top yeah. Yeah, to have his name in lights, <laughs> yeah. which he got. To be he, fair, he, from he FPL, it was, it was night, a brand yeah. new. Brand new manager to the game. I'm not really sure. It's just someone who's made a duplicate account, essentially, just for that one game. In that game, I mean, West Ham players, I I guess none of them. We brought Arnautovic in for the anti-meta team, and they were... Yeah, that that obviously didn't work out. Yeah, I saw a few people at Cresswell who were disappointed, obviously, because he didn't start. He didn't start, yeah. But West Ham, yeah, they're just just shocking. Absolutely terrible performance. I've seen quite a lot of um, chat about Brighton at the moment, though. Quite a few people looking at their defenders, aren't there? Yeah, uh, I mean, you've got Duffy and Dunk, who both seem to be kind of the, the key men there. And Duffy, in particular, is bossing the CBI, or the things that kind of inform the bonus. So he's got had 84 clearances and done 13 blocks so far this season, which is more than Phil Jones. I think it's only Tarkowski at Burnley, who's another kind of non-goal-storing yet defensive uh, asset, who's doing better than him. And Dunk's obviously 4.4. Not as good in that in that regard, but at the same time, kind of more of a slight more of a goal threat um, at four point four as well. He could be someone to be looking at if they keep keeping clean sheets. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the next three they've got uh, Southampton up next. You know, Southampton have been very poor offensively. Then it's Swansea. Then it's Stoke. Enough said about Stoke. Then it's Manchester United. And that's a tougher game, obviously. But then it's Crystal Palace at home. So you can definitely see some clean sheets coming there, and you can rotate a. Brighton defender with perhaps a Swansea, a, I think maybe Swansea, yeah, uh, yeah, they play know. they play Brighton, but I mean I think that their good fixtures, home fixtures, coincide with uh, Brighton's. I mean I was definitely looking at that before this game week, looking at Duncan instead of Jones, who I brought in. But I mean Duncan Aguero versus Jones and Jesus, which one are you going to pick? Obviously I picked Jones and Jesus, and but obviously <laughs> Dun- didn't work Duncan out. should have gone for Dunk <laughs> or, or, or Bong or uh, Bruno. <laughs> we all love Bong. I mean, is it worth the aggravation of having in someone called Bong just for the name? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. That feels like we're laughing at someone's name. Obviously, he can't help that, and you've, you've got to roll with it if that's your name. <laughs> you've got to roll with it, indeed. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's move on to Chelsea because that's, that's probably more an interesting game. I mean, as Piliqueta scoring really annoyed me there because last week my cousin was had Alonso in his team, Nick, and I got annoyed that he had Alonso and he was copying me yet again. So I told him to put as Piliqueta in. Why not? Last week he got the own goal, so I was like, yeah, sabotaged. This week the goal, the winning goal to make it free two comes in from Aspilicueta so I've justice has been served on me yeah I mean I was furious about another poor Alonso performance in that Aspilicueta <laughs> yeah. goal just punished us further and I mean I don't know what to do about Alonso I talked about him um, I've talked about him quite a bit on the pod yeah. him up and stuff he's still got the most shots um, out of any defender of 14 however I did look at the last four game weeks and he's only managed three shots in total so his attacking output has dropped a lot in the last four game weeks certainly has and he seems to be linked with um Eden Hazard coming back into the team as well. Yeah. I've noticed um, with Hazard, he likes to run down left wing quite a bit, and yeah. Alonso's sort of like fallen back because of it. Yeah, exactly. It looks it looks like the movement's not really working there, whereas it was last season. You're right. Like no goal attempts, no chances created um, on Saturday for Alonso, and it's kind of one more week in week in week out. As he continues to blank, you've got to be thinking, oh, you know, it might be 6.9 come Friday. Are we really going to hold him for much longer? Um, I think I'm, I'm going to give him Bournemouth, I think, and then 
that will probably be it if he does blank again. Yeah, I'm thinking as well um, of giving him Bournemouth and then I might swap him out, possibly um, go back to Spurs, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, he came off for William, he got pulled off quite early as well and um, Chelsea looked a lot better without him on the pitch, I felt. Yeah, and the same with um, same without Morata, who many brought in this week, um, off after 61 minutes. Uh, many new buyers are probably now worried and we saw in the Market Forces article people have already been moving him on for Kane. <laughs> I've got a confession to make actually, Tom. What? I've um, already drafted Morata. Oh in. my lord, you're one of those people, actually. <laughs> I'm, I've made the early transfer. Um Actually, to, so just to catch the catch the price. Of <laughs> so what, have I. Well, you brought in Morata. No, I haven't. I've brought in Ricardison. <laughs> oh, Ricardison. Well, let's well let's talk about Ricardison because I'm thinking about bringing him in as well. And I'll just explain. I've um, sold Lukaku. You sold Lukaku to get in Morata because Lukaku's going to fall, and I wanted to cash in 0.1, and that excess money enables me to sell uh, Soddy March and bring in Ricardison. Have you done so the minus four already? I haven't done the minus four yet. I'm. Ho- I know Watford don't have a game midweek, but. I wasn't in any rush to make that move because there's no price changes happening for March or Ricardo's and I've still got 0.2 to play with. Yeah. But I made the early move because Lukaku was going to fall. Yeah, I mean, I did the early move because it looked like, and, and again, he hasn't, but Chaloba has been sitting at kind of minus 99 point something for the last couple of weeks. And I kind of thought, well, you know, it would be sod's law if he fell tonight if I left it. So I thought I'd do it. And obviously he hasn't fallen. Um, but yeah, Watford not having a game midweek, I would never normally do it. But I think uh, and Richardson, that game looks so good. I mean, he did miss a couple of very easy chances from six yards out. But the stats still remain crazy. A shot every 15 minutes versus Chelsea. And in season long, it's now a shot every 24 minutes. And you've been looking at him as well, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I mean, he's now got 32 shots for the season. It's overtaken Salah as the most shots out of all midfielders. Mm. Um, I've just been very impressed with his return. In the last four games, he's got seven points, ten points, five points, and then five points. Watford's uh, fixtures are improving as well now with Stoke, West Ham, and Everton up next. Um, so I think a price at 6.3, he's, he's a bargain, really. He's a very really impressive um, midfielder. And you've got to talk about his teammate as well, Decore, 5.3, his fourth goal of the season. What do you think of Decore? <laughs> I think he's another Capoo. Four shots on target, and he scored all four. I mean, you can see why people are bringing him in, hoping to kind of ride that wave. And maybe it's Gambler's fallacy kicking in a little bit but I do think that like he's going to regress back to not doing very much but who knows I might be proven wrong he might still keep scoring maybe but I think <coughs> even at 5.3 he's still a bargain isn't he you know like yeah. if you can have him as a fourth midfielder enable a, a strong front line maybe you know as you said he's got very lucky he hasn't really had that many shots basically all on target all in the back of the net but... uh, yeah exactly well I mean apart from that I mean the only other thing to pick up on maybe is Batshuayi um, he's a, only Giroud with seven goals has scored more off the bench than Bats's five, but Bats's five have obviously been very meaningful. Um, I mean, he was probably the difference, I think, in that game, coming off the bench and doing something. And, you know, maybe there will be an opportunity for him in the in the first team in the future. I mean, Morata seems to be the man there. But, I mean, Chelsea have got Bournemouth away, Man United at, at, at home, West Brom away, Liverpool uh, away. And then they start a really good run of fixtures for the next kind of, uh, I think it's the next 10 or so game weeks, with, beginning with Swansea and Newcastle uh, as a a pair of fixtures 14 and 15 and he might you know might figure in the Christmas rotation possibly yeah we'll have to see anyway I mean I have drafted in Morata but I don't know <laughs> it's a bit of a gamble maybe it's a bit of a gamble but uh, yeah I'm for it uh, should we move on to the Manchester United game so um, yeah so man you lost to Huddersfield somehow they did. they did I was out um 
out shopping actually on Saturday and I didn't have any signal for a bit and when my phone finally reloaded um, I saw Jones had come off and Huddersfield had scored two goals and all I was hoping was that he'd come off before they scored two <laughs> just give me one I, point I, I didn't have a Manchester United defender um, so, but I was expecting this to be a shoo-in for a, a clean sheet like we've Absolutely. talked about Man U's defensive records seven clean sheets in eight games and Huddersfield as well they hadn't scored in three games and they only had one goal in their last six so of course like you bringing in Phil Jones he gets injured and and of course they concede two goals I think once uh, Lindelof came on uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lindelof yeah, your favourite Sweden's answer to Warburton's Lindelof <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he looked terrible didn't he I think every time I've seen Lindelof play he's looked really bad like the Dijan Lovren of Manchester United he's very very poor um, I don't know whether he's finding his feet or whatever but you're absolutely right like, I brought Jones in minus four thinking I want Manchester United cover for those clean sheets got to get someone in that defence I'm going to take the minus four because this against Huddersfield is a gimme I'm going to get those points back straight away. <sighs> I was very, very upset. You have to worry about Manchester United. I mean, they've got Tottenham and Chelsea up next, and they're going to park the bus. Of course, I had to sell Lukaku falling in value once again. Another anonymous performance. He was mm. my um, he was my captain actually this game week, and uh, I was just like, oh, it's going to be a blank. Then of course he gets an assist, and I was just like, hey, I was <laughs> quite lucky to get. Did you make that a, exact a little, noise? Nick? A little bit, a little bit of a return. But obviously, yeah. I mean, I don't know what Mourinho is doing that club. He was just like whinging in the post match um, interview again, talking about lack of passion. I was just like, stop crying your heart out, um, Mourinho. <laughs> yeah. It was just... yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I think maybe from game week twelve when they've got Newcastle and Brighton, those two that will start to see investment in Man United again but I can see why people are jumping off Lukaku with those two game weeks 10 and 11 I, I don't know there's obviously a case for him to stay in your teams if you uh, if, if you are wondering what's doing he is very expensive though as well and I just can't see returns in the next two games such as Tottenham and Chelsea are just going to be really tough fixtures and he's dropping in value as well so I wanted to cash in on the money like I did with Ben Davis this week yeah that's true that's true we did that we both did that and Morata's rising as well actually okay. so I'm going to catch a 0.1 rise on Morata so I'm, I'm following the money you're playing the market I'm, I'm playing the market and hopefully it'll pay off so talking about transfers which have paid off uh, City free Burnley nil Sterling didn't play despite being in the form of his life I think that kind of shows that you can't take anything as red with Pep. Yeah, that was absolutely crazy. When uh, when Sterling came off early in the Champions League fixture, you were like, well, that's it. He, yeah, he's exactly. being rested. You know, <laughs> He's going to get a bit of extra rest. But of course, it meant absolutely jack. And Pep just trolled every single FPL manager oh, yeah, out yeah. there. You know, playing Bernardo Silva. So what was that all about? I, 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 Why, Pep? Exactly. I just think the issue is with City is that they're all so good. But they can all get rotated around. But the, the quality is so high. They can do well regardless. I mean, the next five as well. Crazy. I mean, you've got West Brom, Arsenal, which is probably going to hold no fear, let's be honest. Leicester, Huddersfield, Southampton and West Ham. And those are five fixtures where having two to three City is looking very good. And we'll talk about that more in the community section later, perhaps. But uh, in terms of which ones to have. But it is looking like something where you're going to want... This is the City meta at the moment. We're all tripling up, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, and I remember last week everyone was talking talking about how you should be tripling up on the attack and I kind of went against the meta slightly by drafting in a Manchester City defender even though they just conceded two goals against Stoke but now everyone's um, back on the City defender and I think it's Otamendi's getting in lots of transfers in but I think there's also Kyle Walker's another good shout Mm. he's slightly more expensive then there's John Stones as well he's a a cheaper alternative yeah but um, 
No, he's one of, I think Walker's one I've got my eye on for sure, especially with Alonso sitting there. And also I've got Bellerin too. So one of those two could easily go for Walker at some point. Yeah, I mean, you're going to keep uh, Bellerin for the Swansea, Swansea game. Yeah. And then they've got Manchester City and Spurs. So maybe he could go and you could bring in, maybe you could join me on the Otamendi trade. Maybe. Yeah, I maybe. mean, he has now had 12 shots. Otamendi. Joint second with Cedric and, only, and catching up with Mr. Alonso. So he's only two <laughs> behind now. Two goals already. Yeah, um, um, so yeah, he's, he's just he's getting lots of chances. I think um, Manchester City obviously are in amazing form, and Otamendi's obviously getting in, getting in on the action. Likes to get forward and have a crack himself <laughs> each game, and which is exactly. know, and and scoring, the, so. the embarrassment of riches available to Pep means you're going to keep seeing these players rotate a lot. I mean, we saw Sane play the full game again well he played the full game midweek and I think he played the full game again this week Yeah, um, he looked very very good was playing on both flanks and he can actually shoot it seems unlike Raheem uh, nine goals in the past six games he's been involved in five goals and four assists um, again I mean what do we do with, what are you going to do with your city assets I mean, people have been asking already like, oh, well, should I get rid of Jesus for, for Kun and I'm just thinking well you're going to have to accept this rotation with Pep that's just the only yeah, way yeah the sideways movements are a bit daft I saw um, lots of people doing Sterling to Sane or David Silva to Sane but then I'm like it's just like it's so sideways and there's no doubt that Sane will be the one dropped this weekend after everyone drafts him in so I think our advice would be to avoid sideways movements when it comes to Manchester City because there's, there's no second guessing Pep it's, it's not even worth us trying to say oh we think Pep will do this because who knows exactly because in, like, in the Wolves game it, it's looking like by all the counts Aguero's going to get that chance to break that record at home again but what does that mean though if he plays on Wednesday I don't think we can say now but that means uh, Jay-Z's going to start on Saturday definitely I don't, not I, don't think I mean can... yeah Pep did say in his post-match interview that um, he, he was couldn't maybe do it um, in the midweek fixture but how can you read much into oh, that I don't, I don't know. know it's a crazy situation and basically all we need to do is just hold fire with our assets and just hope that our guys get on the pitch yeah it's a bit of a Dixie's dinner isn't it <laughs> there it is and uh, I, uh, let's, let's move on uh, to Newcastle uh, Newcastle Palace that was my saving grace this week on Saturday, Nick. Uh, Matt Ritchie actually did something and got me an assist. Uh, justifies that investment, I suppose, to some extent. And uh, the Elliot clean sheet for the majority. Yep, and he uh, snuck a tasty little bonus point in somehow as well. I don't know well, how he managed that. I don't even know if he no, made any saves. No so, saves. So. I, I don't understand that at all. Maybe it's like ball retention or something. One cool stat about this is that Rafa Benitez has never lost a home league game in English football against a manager who has managed England. He's uh, won 17 of them and drawn four. Oh, excellent. That's a really cool <laughs> stat I saw. But yeah, I mean, we both had Elliot, I had Richie as well. And both had Loftus-Cheek who came off the bench yeah, for one point. Well, I think Loftus-Cheek was my second substitute. So I didn't expect him to turn up and get his point. But he almost got points at the end of the game. Yeah. I'm hoping that uh, at the end of the day, that Loftus-Cheek is going to look like a decent 4.5. I mean, who have they got next? They've got uh, West Ham, haven't they? But surely they can score against West surely Ham. Surely anyone can score against West Ham at the moment. So yeah, maybe it'll be Wilford him. Zaha's looking um, good at the moment yeah, as well. He's an option in the midfield if, yeah, you're exactly. for a different, Six, if you're looking for a differential 6.7 I mean obviously this weekend didn't work out they recorded no shots on target in that game um, but you know it could work with him and Andros up top who knows um, but I mean the, the, the run for Crystal Palace is looking okay I mean but I wouldn't say that it's worth looking at Zaha at the moment until he really shows that he's got that form shall we uh, move on to the Stoke Bournemouth games no Vimmer for me as well which I don't know what to do about him Vimmer, yeah, he, he, he looked a good call, didn't he, to rotate with Burnley? Yeah, it's um, 4.4, but now 
now he's sitting on my bench for next game week at the moment because I just don't know where he'll start or what will happen. Stanislaw, 5.9, he, he uh, turned up, got a penalty and an assist as well. Yeah, he did. I mean, he got seven goals and six assists last season. and He, he had a one four six seven minutes, about 16.3 games, 107, 107 points he got. So that's six points per 90 on the field, uh, Stanislas. But, I mean, could he do it again? I mean, the fixtures look absolutely Amazing for Bournemouth after Chelsea, Newcastle, Huddersfield, Swansea, Burnley, and Southampton. They're pretty impressive. I mean, he wouldn't actually be on penalties if uh, Joshua King or Jermaine Defoe was on the pitch, though. Probably so. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, so I think that's know. what you said post uh, post match interview. Yeah, but I mean, even even so, he could hopefully do something. Who knows? I, I'm loath to recommend the Burnley uh, Bournemouth midfielder again after the Charlie uh, Charlie no, Ryan Fraser fiasco. <laughs> but, mm, God, uh, um, yeah, let's not talk about yeah, Ryan no, Fraser. That's, that's not. I mean, the, uh, elsewhere, I mean, you've got Charlie Daniels, four point nine, one hundred and thirty-four points. I think it was last season. He could be quite decent to get hold of. Obviously, not on penalties anymore. Um, but again, quite a creative force. Definitely. I mean, after the Chelsea game, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the Bournemouth defenders next week. But because uh, their run really improves after that Chelsea game That's true. And, uh, and you know it's not a bad shout to to bring in someone like Charlie Daniels or, or Nathan Ake who yeah. trolled me early on in the season Adam Smith as well down to 4.8 now um, um, Francis as well 4.4 oh, right. yeah, yes, he, he, he could be my Vimmer replacement yeah, perhaps yeah exactly maybe maybe he'll get you the odd six here and there who knows and the other side of that is Stoke yeah I think we're, we're on the void there aren't we I mean Chupa's got an assist again but he's really paling in comparison to Richarlison. I think we're both saying that if you can find that extra 0.7 or whatever it is, get Richarlison. Don't put your hope in Chupo Moting because, as you say, Hughes is not looking like he can inspire that Stoke team. No, I mean, Duff's doing quite well as well. He got another goal this game week. But, yeah, I mean, Stoke's run is good, like we said. But I've got Watford, Leicester, Brighton, Crystal Palace... But just as a team, they just don't seem to be gelling very much at the moment. And I feel like Hughes, he is in a sack race. And I'm surprised he's still got a job after that 7-2 drubbing by Manchester City. He just... They just don't seem to work as a team right now. Exactly. Which probably means they're going to do well, because every time I slag off a team on this pod, they go on a, <laughs> a good run, like like Brighton, for yeah, instance. No, little by little, as the season goes, like you're going to end up, every team that you say is rubbish is the next week going to just prove you wrong. Anyway, um, moving on to uh, Swansea-Leicester. Um, yeah, I had Norton in this game, again, and Vardy as well, actually. Norton not looking the best by, uh, only kept one clean sheet in the last three, I think it is. And uh, Vardy, I mean, I watched Vardy quite closely. Um, he had a couple of attempts, but to be honest, he's really shackled. You know, you've got the uh, opposition every game I've seen so far him playing, and the opposition's been re- playing really close attention to him, making sure he can't get into that space. And as a result, Okazaki is now scoring. So he's scored five goals in the last nine games, the Japanese. But he's, the last five he scored were in... Uh, 51 games so he seems to be really benefiting from that space so far these definitely I mean he's he's always off early that's the thing with Okazaki he's very cheap mm. but you know like I wouldn't be I wouldn't trust him to be honest to get um, returns I think that Vardy definitely is being shackled that's a poor run of form you know 3-2-2-2 two, two, two. so you know you're not getting any points from no the, I'm not from rat face are you but I mean the, the other option is Firmino um, at the prize bracket and Firmino hasn't had a return since game week 3 so it's, exactly so it, what are you going to do we'll talk about third strikers we've got a few questions on that later on but it is it is a crazy situation I just don't know I, I just don't know what to do with that I think maybe it's one of those questions that's going to live forever in my mind because I can't get that third strike I mean last year I think 
think I went for a run of having Rondon for like six, seven games. He's got me nothing. <laughs> and I got Lorente in uh, for the whole game that Swansea had when he was banging them in. He went off in the 30th minute. <laughs> so after that, I switched to 3 5 2, which I've had the most success with. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I will end up just getting rid of the third strike altogether at some point. We'll go for a power front three like I have. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think that it requires a lot of a lot of manoeuvring to do that, so I'm just not sure there are, I can do that without a wild card. Um, should we move on to uh, Southampton? Your man Cedric. Yeah, yeah, that was a dull game. Yeah. <laughs> it screams a nil-nil, doesn't yeah, it? The West Brom Southampton. Yeah, I was quite happy with the uh, the Cedric clean sheet, to be honest. And um, yeah, it was, it was actually a beautiful goal from Buffal. So, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he turned up randomly after basically well, they, doing nothing since he's joined the club. So. They needed inspiration from somewhere, but at the same time, I mean, Cedric actually, I looked into him a little bit, and in the last few games, he's actually been outstatting Alonso. So the last three, he's had five. Five shots versus Alonso just three. And uh, he's also matching Alonso for penalty box touches. He is he's doing very well. I mean he's yet to score, but he has had um and I talked about it as well, he's second joint second with Otamendi for shots uh, as yeah. a defender. And okay. I saw yeah. and I think Van Dyke as well, he's another option now. Yeah, I saw Yoshida Rose last night, which is uh, uh, quite quite you know, I can see why. I mean you've got Bryson and Burnley the next two. But after that the fixes really turn. I, I don't know why you'd be investing at the moment. I mean Cedric, yeah I can see, but maybe he's one of those, you know, that that has loads of shots, as in he just punts it towards goal every now and again, but that, and that gets counted as a shot as we see it. But actually watching him, he might not be the best. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple more weeks of Cedric, and then after the Burnley game, maybe I'll have to address as to what to do with my defence. But yeah, for the next two, I'm happy with him. Yeah, I, I would be as well, to be honest, given given the six points he seems to be getting a lot. It's quite a defensive side, that, from uh, from Mr Pellegrino. So on Sunday, um, we had 5-2 uh, Everton-Arsenal. Did you have any players in that? I know. Just at the end, all the goals just kept coming. Sanchez, Ramsey, Ozil had a good game. Ozil um, created eight chances in that game, which is um, the most out of any player this game week. Yeah, I, I mean, the golden trinity of Ozil, Lacquer and Sanchez, they actually played together for the first time this season. Yeah, I was going to say that. I couldn't believe that when I heard that, actually. I was like, the first time, I guess. Well, what do you think of that? Have you any comments for Arsene Wenger? Well, I'm, <laughs> this, I'm, this is what happens when you play your best players, maybe. Yeah, true. But the thing, I, I can't think of a season where the former Malata, certainly there, Ozil and Sanchez, would have done what they did, the out points they got and have been completely ignored by the community, especially with Swansea up next. And I'm one of them because we looked good after Gay, who was the man who was like, you know, sliding away and take, you know, really um, getting up in our midfield's faces, was taken off and gave kind of the likes of Xhaka room to just create goals and gave the likes of... And Ramsey as right, well. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know, I'm wondering whether it's a bit of a false dawn because we had... Uh, we saw like a couple of weeks ago what happens if Arsenal are put under pressure. What and Troy Deeney was saying that last week as well. If Arsenal put under pressure, that they're not very good. And that pressure went with Gay being taken off, and that's what led to the us winning by that score. I think that really flattered us to some extent. I guess yeah, you have to you have to worry about Sanchez and not owning him. I mean, he, well, he didn't play against Watford, but in his last three games, he scored five, six, and twelve. And he's um, he's creating a chance every sixteen point five minutes. The problem with him is I can see a hole is like imminent. I can see almost like a, a brace or even a hatchery against Swansea. It could happen. But the problem is just like he's so expensive. And after that Swansea game, you've got Manchester City and Spurs. So that's why people aren't tearing their teams apart to get these Arsenal players in yet. Is because the run isn't that great after the Swansea game. But then after Spurs. 
It's Burnley and Huddersfield, so maybe we should be looking at Arsenal players again. Yeah, then. like late November, because I think we have two teams, Arsenal. We've got a team for the UEL, which looks absolutely terrible, you know, like a B team. The team like Maitland-Niles. Yes, and... exactly, the team that won against Red Star Belgrade midweek. Yeah, and then we'll we've... actually get some games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we've got um, the, the Premier League team, and I don't think they're going to move around too much. Um, so it could be that we see the strongest, like with Chelsea and Liverpool last season, we play, see the strongest team played in the Premier League all the time. So when there is a good run of it's just for Arsenal it may be the case if we get some form together that they're worth you investing in but at the moment as you say with those two games which are going to be quite tight games I can see why people are, aren't looking at us yeah I mean I was very close to bringing in Lacazette instead of Morata and maybe I've made a mistake there no you haven't though I brought, I brought him in for a similar looking fixture to Swansea and he blanked so <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, I wouldn't be too enthralled in, in, in by him I mean he did get four he did actually have four shots Lacazette in the last game which is actually a lot better than he's been managing away from home um, but he he. I think we're, we're going to have to see how he fits together with uh, Ozil and Sanchez against the full strength team um, yeah and I guess and do you, do you still consider it madness to bring in an Everton player that would be very anti-meta maybe something for the anti-meta team but we've Leicester Watford Palace Southampton West Ham Huddersfield as their next I, six like that's a great run of that fixtures is a fa- that is a phenomenal run of fixtures and I think you would normally be looking at Everton thinking yeah I fancy that but can you? I mean, at the moment, they look absolutely diabolical. I don't know. Nias maybe is a third striker, yeah. but he doesn't start. Rooney, it's, 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 it's too much. He's, for, he's just an old dog. Rooney, it's, it's, it's all too much of a punt at the moment. We really need more to be able to say that these players can be brought out into the sunshine of our teams. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. And, and finally, I guess this week, we need to talk about 4-1 uh, Spurs. It felt like all my Christmases had come at once. That early Kane goal, of Salah reply, Kane again. It was, was, it was a great result. As a Spurs fan, I was just absolutely thrilled, you know. And hopefully it puts all to bed those talks of um, Kane being unable to score at Wembley and Spurs not playing well at Wembley after that performance. Exactly. I mean, I've got some of, some of the stats here and it is absolutely mind-boggling. So this was Kane's 29th shot at home. That's an incredible 41% of the attempts he's ha- he had last year at home he'd taken already um, he took six more shots in that game so he's now taken 51% of all the shots he had at home last year in just five home games so absolutely incredible amount of shots and it, it was going to happen eventually wasn't it uh, I, I was very glad that it did definitely I mean Kane's stats are phenomenal he's had 57 shots now in total and that's 23 more than the second most player in the game just incredible that he's had so many shots and I think an explosion was imminent and poor old Liverpool poor old Dejan Lovren he uh, <laughs> suffered quite badly yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was kind of a Vidic moment you know when he got absolutely torn apart by Fernando Torres and never quite looked the same player or had the same element of fear about him I'm not saying that Lovren had that level of fear about him in the first place I think Lovren's but, career looks like it's oh, over you, but we're, not, we're not going to see him re- for a, retired him after that oh game. we're not going to see him for a long time he was off after what 35 minutes and Klopp was saying he, he doesn't feel very good and that's okay probably he's probably had a flu sleepless night since then and uh, I, I guess Ericsson and Ericsson 
not doing anything. And definitely uh, Salah <laughs> coming up with a goal. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I saw all, the, all I our s- players. I saw Liverpool goal, and that was the only player I wanted to score. And I was just like, oh, I hope that Coutinho hasn't got the assist because a few of my rivals have Coutinho. And I was like, oh, Henderson. No one's got him. No, no one rates him enough to bring them in. Um, he's looking pretty good as well, Salah. Um, he, he's had. A, I mean, Coutinho, who's the other option, is outstatting him over the last four, except in one crucial area, which is in the penalty box. Um, so uh, Salah's had 26 penalty box touches versus only eight for Coutinho. Ten shots in the box for Salah, just two for Coutinho. And uh, 1.4 is his XG compared to 0.59 for Coutinho. But he's looking a good option. And, uh, you know, with Huddersfield home up next, I mean, the conquerors of Manchester United, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Liverpool are going to beat them. I'm quite tempted to actually captain Salah next I, week. I'm he's tempted to as well. a bit of a differential captain, I think, personally, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you've got Chelsea with not very much, we don't know what team Guardiola is going to pick. You've got uh, Spurs away at Old Trafford. Yeah, could it be that that game against Huddersfield is going to see Salah? Uh, I, 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 I don't know, but you know, maybe it is better to captain Kane every week. Who knows? So Salah can wait then, perhaps. <laughs> um, let's talk about Ben Davies. Yeah, yeah. So we both jumped off. Uh, you. Uh, much more successful than I was, and I, I think it with him being benched and Aurier playing it in the left. I think it's time now, probably, to get rid of him. The rotation threat is too much, despite what he offers. Yeah, and Danny Rose was on the bench as well, and it's just so tough at the moment with those Spurs um, fullbacks because Trippier he got his fourth assist of the campaign. He's at five point six, but he he could lose his place next game week if Serge Aurier starts on the right back position as well. And it's just like the centre-backs, they all cost 6.0, so they're more expensive and they don't get any attacking returns. So I don't know about Spurs' defence. I feel like after the um, the Manchester United game, you, you kind of want a Spurs defender again for that plum Crystal Palace home game. But you, nah, you're not, you can't really look at Vitonio or Davison Sanchez. And no. with Tripp, Trippier, I think, would be the man to own now, perhaps, if he can if nail he... down that um, starting well, that's position. That's the thing, if he plays. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, that's the recap done. Let's move on to the features. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back. Um, so we're going to start off with the anti-meta team. Now, the anti-meta team is our team of misfits that <laughs> kind of don't fit into um, the, your typical FPL team, but can come up with rewards and they've actually been performing brilliantly so far this season i think before this game week they were up to 180,000th in the world and they were doing really well but then we, we made a few transfers and we made a few changes i think we, we brought out sane and uh, i think we got in de bruyne and we also brought in anatovic and they just had a, a shocker <laughs> of a, a game week it was a minus four for them they only scored 31 um, the only person that did well for them was Monreal, again, who came up with a goal. But everyone else just basically blanked. Captain was Anthony Martial, and he, he got subbed at 45 minutes and got a yellow card. So he ended up being a zero-pointer. The likes of Firmino, Anatovic, Sigurdsson, Vardy, less said the better. Um, yeah, just, just a shocker all, all round. And they dropped down from 180k to 650k. So that's a, that's a real fall for them, you know, the dizzying heights and... I've overtaken them as well now, so... I'm still 700,000, 800,000 places below them. Yeah, I mean, I'll beat them eventually, I'm sure. You you will definitely overtake them. They're at 400,000 places below me now. (laughs) Um, 
yeah, bad times for the anti-meta team. I don't know what we can do to to get them back on track by picking who's yeah, anti-meta. There's, who knows? It's very hard to kind of play this, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, we we chose them at the start of the season just to remind people to like understand how players who aren't fashionable do when they're not being kind of uh, favoured by all the talk around uh, what the best players are. At the, it was going quite well, but I think we may have hamstrung it a bit too much last week. I'll put, put this up at some point later on this week. I mean, one man who did get uh, one point, Nick. Yep, that was Alan Nyom. He um, he made the team and he only got one point, but he didn't start. Shall we do? Shall we do Nyom Watch then? Yeah. So there is a hashtag Nyom Watch this week, which uh, covers the life of Alan Nyom and does all things Alan. Um, so as he did last season, Alan came on for an injured Johnny Evans. He came on, though, in the 32nd minute, which precluded any clean sheet. He got 54 touches. He made 21 passes. 13 were successful. He made six crosses, Nick. One was successful. He had one touch in the penalty area, one shot, which is off target, and he recorded one point. Uh, he was mentioned in dispatches thusly. In the 40th minute, a shot goes a yard over from just outside the area from the dangerous Nyom. In the fifty, they say dangerous. <laughs> no, we did not have that today. <laughs> In the fifty-third minute, uh, Pulis was reported as going free at the back with wing backs, including Kieran Gibbs and Alan Nyom. And the fifty-sixth minute, Forster gathered a Gibbs header from a Nyom cross. That is Nyom watch. Excellent, and uh, he might be back in the team now. Then, yeah, maybe. We've got Manchester City up next, though, so it's going to be a, a challenging game for <laughs> Alan. Alan. Hopefully, he, hopefully he can um, start and uh, yeah, does well. Yeah, well, th- thanks for not watching Tom. That's Thank all right, you. no problem. I mean, we're keeping up with Alan all season because of the five point zero valuation he got, which we both thought was a bit silly. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that's kind of why we do it. And there's an article on online that you can look at. Um, let's move on to the market forces. We were in uh, Fans Football Scout um, uh, talking. about about kind of the key movers and shakers in the market, the shaker makers, if you will. And uh, today, I think we're going to start obviously with the Man City assets. Nick, I mean Sergio Aguero, t- two hundred thousand people have brought him in since uh, since the start of this game week. So after the deadline for the last one, what do you make of that? Well, yeah, he's back, isn't he? And Sergio's back into the team, and and the man that's uh, dropped out, Jay Z, Jesus, and. Uh, it's, it's just an interesting one because so Jesus so far he's had um, over 120,000 sales and Agrero's had over 200,000 purchases so they're number one and number two in terms of the market movers and shaker makers but you know Agrero costs 11.6 Jesus costs 10.7 but you just how how can you predict what Pep's going to do next because if, if Aguero starts against Wolves and he breaks his record maybe he'll be given the, the weekend off and Jesus will be back in the team and you're just going to see the same transfers again it's the same with number three as well and that's Leroy Sane so he's on the rise he's had over 135,000 transfers in so far yep um, you know and that- he's at the expense of Mkhitaryan, of course. So 139,000 sales for Mkhitaryan. I think maybe for Sane, you can kind of think, yeah, okay, I can see why people are hopping from Mickey to Sane. But I, know, I see what you mean. not Jesus, by now, you, you've got to realise what you've got to do, which is to stick to your man. Because it could well be, as we said earlier, that Kun plays against Wolves, doesn't play, and then Jesus plays. And then last week we saw Jesus played even though Kun was fit. So I, I, I don't know. I think you're just setting yourself up for a fall by doing that and, and 
making those moves. It seems I, too reactive. I think it's, it's very risky, especially these sideways moves. I can understand why people are selling Mkhitaryan, though. You know, he's, he's blanked for a number of games in a row. He just doesn't look like the same sort of form with them. Pogba outside the team. You know, they've got these two tricky fixtures coming up. I think it's time, definitely, if you're still hanging on to Mkhitaryan, it's time to get rid and bring in a Manchester City player. Maybe if people are looking at Leroy Sane, they're seeing him as the the man to get. There's a few people as well who are downgrading to Ricarlison because Ricarlison's getting a lot of activity. I mean, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't score, but he's just... You know, he had a number of opportunities. Looked so threatening, and yeah, we, we talked about him a lot earlier as well. Exactly, like recorded returns against Arsenal and Chelsea, and now I think a lot of people, including myself, were holding off. Now they've got a nice little run of four games with Stoke, Everton, West Ham, and Newcastle, and we're kind of hoping that he's going to be that kind of Josh King character, aren't we? The Riyad Mahrez of that particular area, rather than the Capoo. Um, but at the same time, you know, hundred hundred thousand people, I think he's going to very quickly enter the template now. And be that kind of third or fourth midfielder in most people's teams definitely and um, elsewhere in the market there's a lot of activity um, involving Harry Kane and Romelu Lukaku so Harry Kane's already had 50,000 um, transfers in and it's, it's no surprise because he's just you know he's so popular obviously and he, he just looks like he's essential now for FPL managers and if you don't have Harry Kane you're in you're in trouble even even though I mean I guess if it wasn't anyone but Manchester United we see even more activity probably be top of the charts but as it is he's fifth and if he scores against Manchester United with Crystal Palace at home just FPL could just explode with like the rushing lover Kane the rushing supernova in. in the sky of FPL managers who knows exactly um, and I guess uh, so we mentioned Lukaku who's been sold by 123,000 people including your good self I think you've seen people are just kind of bulking at the fact that he hasn't returned in the last game has Tottenham up next um, your man Otamendi almost 100,000 people have brought him in at the expense of uh, Ben Davis uh, 45,000 sales of Davis so far already yeah, that doesn't surprise me. The uh, the Davis um, Otamendi straight swap, as it were, and I guess uh, it's it's almost like a week too too late for that one. Unfortunately, I mean we're seeing um, Eric Bailly still being sold as well, and um, Raheem Sterling, and I mean Ducouré's um, getting a lot of activity. He's had over seventy thousand, but we talked about him a little bit earlier, and yeah, you are right. I mean he's he looks like to be the next Etienne Capoue, but he. I think just at his price point, a goal-scoring midfielder at 5.4 always attracts people, doesn't it? Exactly. I think, I think the, the kind of the final one is I want to pick out is probably Monreal because it segues well into my um, into my psychology corner this week because I saw I said on Twitter the other day, you know, Monreal's goal. Uh, last against Brighton was his first goal since 2012 so I think it's a bit silly to be bringing him in and I saw a couple of comments on Fantasy Football Scout like oh yeah I knew Monreal would score again you know like sunglasses and all this kind of thing and it kind of made me think of, of something well actually I did think about this a bit more on Saturday night so on Saturday night I was down the dumps next segueing into Psychology Corner with my own score and I saw people on Twitter and on Fantasy Football Scout people saying about especially about Man City saying oh I saw this coming you know I'm so good I had Sane captain I avoided Jesus and Sterling this week knew what I was doing sunglasses emoji and uh yeah, this keys into a particular psychological effect for some because these are the sort of managers, Nick, who show up, you know, at the start of the season, give it the big I am, and you don't hear them hear from them again after after Christmas. Um, 
It's basically an effect that can be felt by those with a delusion of grandeur about themselves. <laughs> uh, this is called Dunning-Kruger. So basically the Dunning-Kruger effect. So Dunning-Kruger is based on a study from 1999 of two psychologists who are incredibly called Dunning and Kruger. And their study was called Unskilled and Unaware of It, How Difficulties in Recognising One's Own Incompetence Lead to Inflated Self-Assessments. And the basic premise is simple. If you're incompetent, you don't know you're incompetent. Uh, the paper centred on a man called MacArthur Wheeler who tried to rob a bank with his face covered in lemon juice. Uh, he believed this would make his face invisible because, because he knew that lemon juice made ink invisible. So he misapplied that knowledge. Uh, they did a few later studies as well, which are really interesting. So competent students tend to underestimate their incompetence, whereas incompetent students, even though they got taught how to do things, were still unable to understand how they were perceived as being good or bad. Anyway, the upshot of all of this is that FPL-wise, many people do seem to suffer from, from Dunning-Kruger, especially in the early days. Think about those people who are boasting on Twitter early on in the season being world beaters, and just think to yourself, this is Dunning-Kruger, this is people who think they're amazing, but you'll never hear them from them again. You're going to beat them. Feel better about yourself. <laughs> just fair thought um, for this particular theory any time if you're feeling down the dumps about your score. No, that's fair enough, Tom, and you see it a lot of times with someone who might forget to, to make their transfer that game week, thinking, oh, oh, it's the importance of being idle, and you can get away with it, but it's, it's just a joke, really, isn't it? And yeah. they're just like saying, oh, yeah, I completely meant to, to forget to do my transfer this game week. OK, right, OK, let's move on to the community section after this break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? And we're back, aren't we, Tom? So <laughs> it's time for the uh, community section, and we're going to start off by having a quick look at the Who Got the Assist mini-league. And um, there's been a few people requesting that we actually do a, t- a top ten so they can get a few um, shout-outs out there. And uh, so let's just start with number 10. That's uh, Brad's Reardon with Team Tone. In ninth, we've got The Intangibles, Nigel Dibbin. In eighth, we've got uh, Gavin Doyle uh, with Lacazette Out of Hell. Then in uh, seventh, we've got Pravat Jadav with Foxtrot FC. Mm-hmm. In sixth, we've got Sam Jones, Newton Heath, LYR. Man United fan, no doubt. In in fifth, we've got Loke Shaw with Boom Shakalaka. Great name. And in four, we've got Iber Classy with <laughs> just Joseph Good. And then in third, we've got Simon Bibby with uh, the Mighty Bibs. That's FPL Fitballer there. Then second, we've got Joshua Williams, Romelu Kaku. And in first, we've got Ben Sutton with the Terrabads. And they both scored 69 points this week. So well done, guys. Yeah, Ben gets the amazing, the magical 69 uh, thanks to Kane Captain. Uh, Richardson, Salah and the double Man City defence of Stoke and Walker both returning points so uh, well done Ben and uh, he's still top of the league I think that's the second week in a row he's top um, so, so well done dude uh, moving on this week I'm going to be on the Plymouth Herald's uh, FPL podcast tomorrow guesting to talk about uh, Halloween horror and FPL horror shows yeah exactly so something probably along the lines of, of bringing Charlie Austin and taking him out when he got injured and obviously last week uh, the theme we have a theme every week and you may have heard a few funny things that we've said so far uh, last week the theme was Green Day and uh, Andy Goodland once more continues his kind of amazing record of getting those very quickly is he beating Padfall now? I don't know. I think, to, he, I think he might. I think he might out. be. He's turning into a proper proper one on one. These two. Anyway, so we got loads of questions from you guys this week. Thank you so much for all of those. Um, we're going to do our best to go for as many as we can. I think we've got eleven on the roster this week. Um, let's start off with with kind of the defence uh, FPL guidance craft smart fat man uh, on Twitter have asked us uh, with Alonso uh, guidance said and with Bavis uh, and MJ. MJ said um, with those two guys kind of falling in stock who's now the key defender to own I think you're, you've already identified him but 
Well, yeah, I think Otamendi seems to be the key defender to own now. I mean, yeah. he's rising in price. Obviously, he banged one in. He's not going to do that every game week. But, you know, Manchester City are going to be keeping a lot of clean sheets all season. They've really improved defensively this year, actually, to be fair. Like, Edison, he, he seems like a really solid goalkeeper compared to sort of Calamity Claudio yeah, who they had last year I think Sean Dyche was saying that City have now got a goalkeeper who can kick it down the pitch and that wasn't the case last year which is a damning <laughs> I mean, indictment yeah really. when Sean Dyche is like burning your, yeah, your exactly. goalkeeping skills and it's not, exactly it's not I, 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 think, I think Otamendi probably I mean, Walker I think is probably the other one I'd pick out I mean he's 6.6 but I mean you've got Alonso not doing anything really you've got uh, Bavis not really playing yeah I mean that kind of goes a little bit into um, Vinay Kuma's question about whether the formation's changed uh, from 4-3-3 to 3-4-3 slash 3-5-2 a little bit because I guess like all these premium defenders you've just named aren't really bringing out the goods are they? They're all kind of been a little bit disappointing in the last um, few game weeks so I think um, you know you've got to look a little bit cheaper perhaps now with yeah. your defence yeah, with so the likes of Charlie Daniels yeah, Maybe. and even cheaper. So Scott Kelly asked on Reddit about the best 4.5s, and I think you know there's definitely a case for them. I mean, you mentioned Charlie Daniels. I mean, there's obviously Jamal Lascelles in the 4.5 to 5.0. That's slightly more expensive. Yeah, I mean, exactly. if you're going, if you've got a strict budget of 4.5, then there's there's Ben Mee of Burnley. I think that Burnley has been very solid defensively all season, haven't they? Yeah, you've got Tarko as well there. I mean, those two together have got more blocks, I think it is, than some of some some teams. Just yeah, the two and of I them. think we talked a little bit about Brighton. As well earlier, obviously Shane Duffy, Lewis Dunk, they look very um, you know good defender stone at this exactly. moment in time. Just as a rotation option. I mean, I've got Norton, but if you have, I mean, Fernandez scored known goal this week, but he's um, got quite a good bonus underlying bonus, so he. Um, rotated with maybe one of the Brighton centre-backs might be worthwhile. And if you're feeling maverick, there's always Alberto Marino or Joe <laughs> Gomez. I mean, we, we oh, laugh think... a lot about Liverpool's defence and they were absolutely shocking, obviously, this week. But Huddersfield, West Ham, Southampton, there's potential for clean sheets there. Yeah. And also, Liverpool have conceded 15 goals this season. 14 of them have been away. So it could be that you'd end up with six points from Marino. But, I mean, I think we've all been burnt so much by Marino in the past that none of us are touching him. It's a bit like Dusan Tadic in that respect. Anyway, um, but anyway, back to Vinay's question. I think that, yeah, we're see- definitely seeing that. We're seeing the midfield reassert itself. I mean, you've got characters such as Richarlison. You've got um, characters such as, uh, you know, the Man City boys coming into play. You've got Salah and Coutinho with Liverpool's upcoming run. And, and there's also the Spurs guys as well, Ericsson and Ali, you know, and obviously Hazard and Sanchez. Yeah, and Pascal Gross keeps returning, I and mean, Matt Ritchie's getting an assist. I mean, the midfield options are now coming to the fore. And um, yeah, I think we we may well be seeing 3 4 3 or 3 5 2. I mean, we've spoken about um, the third striker already a little bit. I mean, maybe we can talk about it a bit more now. Um, Sandeep and FPR Mongoose asked us who the best third striker is. Um, I'm guessing by that you guys mean kind of a, a, on the cheaper level rather than the power front that Nick's got. I mean, I've got Vardy and you've got Firmino with good aunt, good uh, fixtures coming up. But I mean, in the cheap bracket, you've got kind of players like, you know, Woods who came went off injured. You've got, I mean, Abraham, you've got Duf, you've got Okazaki, your yeah, man Calvert-Lewin. There's a few options out there, obviously. Duf's um, actually been quietly performing quite well. I mean, he's now scored three, three games in a row and with um, Watford, Leicester, Brighton up next and Crystal Palace. You know, maybe he would be um, a decent differential as your um, your third pick. Um, obviously, you just mentioned Tammy Abraham as well. He's he's got four goals so far this season. He's looked very impressive. So he's an, he's another option for your third striker. Okazaki, as you said, mm. 
And Calvert Lewin, I mean, he's he, Calvert Lewin hasn't scored yet, but he's getting plenty of shots, and he seems to be um, preferred in the number nine position at the moment. By um, well, Coleman's obviously been fired, but yeah. you know, I think where we can nail down a position, I don't know, with the new manager coming in. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, one that I think is worth keeping an eye on, which I'm going to mention, is uh, Callum Wilson. Um, so me and Paul Aitken, IAP underscore FPL on Twitter, keep talking about him. I mean, um, he's coming back to fitness, but um, I think maybe game week twelve onwards when they're game when they're fixtures get really really good he could be in the team I remember a, lot, like, a couple of seasons ago I had him he's got a hat-trick for me against West Ham um, so I mean he could be one at 5.9 who could that's, really... that's, that's an interesting pick I mean I think with Bournemouth you've got to worry a, a lot about rotation oh, course, with them yeah, um, because yeah, they've got yeah. um, a phobie they've got Defoe they've got Joshua King I don't know whether Callum Wilson could necessarily nail down a starting berth with that sort of competition but if he can um, I think that would be absolutely excellent and you do obviously have Defoe who's now dropped in price too um, who could come in and feasibly start doing something and Josh King of course 7.1 if you really want to start spending more I mean what I'm thinking of doing actually guys is, is um, going down to IU maybe at 5.0 post for Swansea he has start, he's been starting in every game on the wing and going to 3-5-2 which could be what I eventually do because the third strikers I mean we've just mentioned the list Abraham Diouf Okazaki Calvert-Lewin Wood I mean these, none of these are players that I'm going to be happy spending a transfer on let alone a minus four yeah, I mean it's not it's not too exciting. You've had such a nightmare with your third striker, haven't you? Exactly. So I think maybe it's not. All right, thanks guys. Let's move on to let's move on to City. Yep. The next question is from Jabu and Dave. So Dave's asked them, um, "What do we do with City? Who do we own? Is free a must-have?" And Jabu's asked, "How do we handle Pep's mind games?" Yeah, so I think maybe um, I think maybe you've got the balance right, and I'm kind of looking at it a bit with a bit of uh, a bit of envy actually, um, because I think maybe it's the case you have two attackers and then you have a defensive a defensive uh, player. I don't know what your feeling is, but it seems that Ot- Otamendi and Walker are players who aren't going to be rotated as much as the choices you've got going forward. Well, exactly. I think Otamendi's only missed 20 minutes of Premier League football so far this season. It's just, it is tough with Pep. You just never know what to expect. We all, we were all convinced, and we mentioned it earlier. We were all convinced that Sterling was definitely going to start. You captained him because you're like, oh, he got, you know, taken off early, and then of course he just didn't even play one minute. Yeah. Jesus, I think it was even worse coming on for those yeah. ten minutes. I mean, he, he got a shot. He was saved by the Pope, wasn't he? Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think maybe I'm not going to all around the world with this, but I think having a triple up is probably a good idea. I'm going to resist it for a little while longer. Um, but probably going to have Walker in not, in not is very long. Is it worth the aggravation, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, they're just looking irresistible, aren't they, at the moment? And I think you're going to have to accept that some weeks you aren't going to have your players playing. That's just going to have to be it, and you're going to have to have a strong bench. I think so, yeah. I think you're just going to have to cast no shadow over the uh, <laughs> yeah. over Pep City team. But yeah. I think it's just it's just worth the punishment. Exactly. Um, so next question, uh, Varin, uh, Vardy for Varin. Uh, is Vardy a captaincy option now with Coman sacked and Everton in disarray? he asks um, so yeah Everton next but Vardy has not as I've said been doing very much I mean he's had four shots in the last three games uh, even Gabbiadini is converting more than he is and I'm kind of worried about that I mean when I brought him in I mean obviously Nick was very anti-Vardy and I was pressing the case for Jamie Vardy he's still going to play every game but 
there's something I don't know what's happening. I, it looks like teams are kind of really on him. You know, him and his big mouth. He's he's been shackled by other teams, and uh, he, he's finding chances really hard to come by. I mean, Gareth Bale a few years ago. I remember he ended up having two or three markers on him every game. And that seems to be happening with Vardy and Leicester, but Vardy doesn't seem to have anything else in his locker apart from pace. Just being man-marked constantly. And I think, yeah, the answer to um, Varane's question, I think, is is no, personally, for me. I think you, you've got to look at other players in your team at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can see why you'd think about it, but I think we've already said that maybe Liverpool were perhaps a better option next week. I mean, it may be even if you've got Lacazette and you're in for Arsenal, that might be worthwhile. Um, but uh, I don't know, I you could there's a big upside obviously to captaining Vardy and him scoring a brace or a hat trick. Of course there is. Um, but I think I'd agree with you that it's a bit risky. I think you know you never know. Actually, Coman being sacked might improve Everton. If you <laughs> yeah. look at them as some yeah. of their parts, they've got Jordan Pickford. He's a, he's a very good goalkeeper. They got a, a strong back line of like Michael Keane, Ashley yeah. Williams. It could be know, a Wonderwall, couldn't it? That back four could be probably not. I mean, they're probably, <laughs> probably better Wonderwalls out there. Than <laughs> yeah, exactly. That line, but. exactly. And then you've got Siggy. You've got. Uh, well, I don't know. Vlasic. <laughs> Vlasic, yeah. I mean, who, who knows? I mean, it may be Rooney. It could be an Indian summer for Rooney, back to the Hindu times. I, I don't know. I don't know. Next question, Nick? Yep, next question is far and forget. It's from FPL Virgin and the Idiot's Boss on Reddit. Should we just leave it on Kane and the goalkeeper and concentrate on the nine other slots? So that's an interesting play style. Now, basically, they're asking, you know, do we just leave the captaincy on Kane have your goalkeeper being the same goalkeeper every week. I think um, Idiot's Boss was saying he was rotating Hart and Elliot and kept losing out and just concentrate on the other nine slots. So your captain's always going to be Kane. I don't know. I, I can see some mileage in that, some leverage in that, because it takes out a lot of the anxiety, doesn't it? Because I mean, I feel, I don't know about you, but all of these kind of psychological impacts for me tend to revolve around my captain and my transfers in. So I've, just, I've been getting my captains wrong every single game. I'm surprised I'm doing so well considering every single game week. It's I, I think I've only captained Kane and Lukaku. Like, so it's either one of them each week, but every time I captain one, the other outscores <laughs> yeah. the other. So it's just been a, it's just been a complete disarray for my captain pick all yeah. season. So maybe I should have just fired and forgot and just left it on Harry Kane after game week one, even though he got that one pointer against Newcastle. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to start a revolution from this pod, but at the same time, I kind of think that that could be a really, really good idea to just have your captain always being Harry Kane. I mean, think about it. You wouldn't have done too badly, would you? I mean, obviously you've got the blanks at home, but the away braces were more than made up for that. And now he's scoring at home. You'd be kind of rubbing your hands together going, oh yeah, that's, that's good. That's, for that's sure. Nice. I mean, he's electric. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting way of doing it, guys. I probably won't be doing it, but there's definitely some mileage. Let's move on to Deli Alley playing in central midfield. FPL Belfast points out. Do you think that's going to improve his uh, FPL prospects, Nick? I think that was only um, a stopgap solution. Basically, I think Eric Dyer he was unwell. Um, Wanyama was out. Dembele was out. So they had to sort of draft someone in as an emergency uh, central midfielder. And Deli Alley he drew the short straw. But I mean, he scored. He so pops up with a goal. I mean, you've yeah. got. Um, I mean, Coutinho last season towards the end of the season was playing in centre mid, wasn't he? And it allowed him kind of that space to dictate the tempo a bit and that space to kind of drive forward. The thing is that Ali's a different sort of player to Coutinho. He's more of the guy who gets on the end of chances and scores rather than being creative. So I wonder about. 
without Ali in centre midfield. I think that maybe it's a, an anomaly uh, this week. Yeah, I think it's an anomaly. I mean, we've got Harry Winks. As well. He's a revelation. I think he uh, he doesn't look like an FPL asset at this moment in time. No, definitely he looks not. like a, a future England captain, you know. Exactly. Uh, and what's even better about him is that you can say his name, just one emoji. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, a regretful question of the week from FPL Jack. Yeah, so FPL Jack has asked us, is selling Kane for Morata on a hit the worst decision of my life? Well, let's not look back in anger. I wouldn't necessarily go that far. I mean, it sounds like it's a bit <laughs> of a mistake. Can't obviously. comment on your life, I'm afraid, Jack. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm lucky, mate. I mean, it's just... I guess you kind of saw the Liverpool fixture and the Manchester United fixture coming up and you're like, you know, I've, I've seen enough of Kane off that blank. But you've always got to be very wary of selling Harry Kane. He can punish you and, and you got duly punished, yeah. unfortunately, in yeah, this you've, case. You've made no preparation for his reputation once again. Um, with Kane, I think... If I like, I was happy moving Lukaku. This actually moves on to FPL Doctor's question, actually, who asked should Lukaku go? I was happy removing Lukaku from my team and my wild card, and I think that you're kind of quite happy with removing him from your team this week, aren't you? I am, and I can't see um, you know Lukaku doing very well against Spurs. I think Spurs yeah. are very solid in the defence, and I'd be I'd be shocked almost if Lukaku nets a brace <laughs> against them. So yeah, exactly. I mean, Lukaku. I I think I'd much prefer to go. I've said this quite a few times actually, but I much prefer to go without Lukaku than Kane. If I remove Kane, I'm worried that you know, the stats are incredible, and week to week, I just worry this is going to happen again. What happens this week? I mean, one guy in our mini league, for example, Tat Carr, friend of the pod, um, he didn't have Kane this week and was looking really good until that final uh, fixture when his rank went all the way down. Yep, and I've overtaken him now as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Moving on, um, so Craig Johnson on Facebook asks us, uh, is Richarlison a valid captaincy pick next week with uh, Kane at Old Trafford and no one's sure what Pep's going to do? I think that's quite a brave captaincy pick, but I think next week is one of those weird weeks where there's not really any standout solid pick. Obviously, with Spurs playing United, Manchester City rotation. I mean, we've talked about Mo Salah potentially being our pick, or if you've got an Arsenal player or a Chelsea player, you might be tempted. Ricardison is is quite a maverick pick, but you know, if you you know, Stoke can we we shot enough Stoke earlier, weren't we? Yeah, (laughs) you shot every fifteen minutes. I mean. His actual shooting doesn't look that great. As I said, he did miss two chances where it was easier to score. But it, all it will take is for him to convert one or two of those. Maybe just maybe just the one. Your your captain pick's done. You're happy with that. I mean, what's the minimum, Nick, you're happy with as a captain? A goal? Six points? Oh, yeah, I think that's, that's a, the minimum, really. An assist? Is that gonna be, are you happy with that? Uh, I mean... Uh, I was contented with my assist from Lukaku up until Harry Kane started smashing it, and then I wished I'd captain Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's like contextual, isn't it? Because then maybe some weeks you're happy to get the assist if no one else gets anything. Um, but at the same time, I, I think maybe it's a goal. So if Luka- if Richarlison, you think, will score a goal and you kind of don't have any Liverpool assets and you're not sure about everything else, it could be a maverick pick which really sees you... Uh, Rocket up the the, the leagues. I, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that. And I won't be doing it myself. I think it will be Salah for me. And uh, Neil Gupta and Andreas Torbergsen um, ask, who are the wildcard must-haves um, slash who outside the top six is the dark horse to deliver some FPL gold? And don't mention, don't say Richarlison. Um, well, I so- think, um, yeah, the wildcard must-have is um, Harry Kane. Yeah? Even even with um, Man United, I think just Kane is, Kane is essential. 
Yep, I think so. I think probably a Mo Salah or some sort of Liverpool cover is probably a good idea with the with the upcoming fixture list for them, especially the next three. If you're a wild card and you want at, uh, maximum impact from those the next fixtures coming up, Manchester City coverage is essential, and yeah. you just have to take you your just pick. Have, yeah, you have to take your pick and just hope they play. But I think you, you're going to see returns from your Manchester City assets, even if they don't play one week. The next week they will play and they'll get a double-figure return. So Exactly. Uh, but maybe, obviously, you've got Elliot. Uh, hopefully you had Elliot from the beginning of the season. He's now up to 4.2, but such a cheap goalkeeper. Who seems to... I mean, Newcastle was sick. I looked at the table. They're sick. Incredible stuff. And yeah. Rafa's going to keep it tight. You know he is. And he's getting random bonus points despite not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking at themselves and I am tempted to double up on the Newcastle defence because they've got Burnley and Bournemouth up next. And you can think, you know, you can see more clean sheets coming their way and more points yeah. for Elliot. So, yep, Elliot seems like a must-have in, in the goal at the moment. Uh, and also maybe Bournemouth for coverage of some sort. Maybe Daniels and at the back in the preparation for the good upcoming fixtures if you're wildcarding now. Maybe, I think with, if you're wildcarding, if you're thinking of wildcarding, I wouldn't recommend it this week. Uh, it's it's a bit of an awkward It's a bit of an awkward kind of setup of fixtures. Maybe kind of after next international break, after game week 11 is a good time to do it. At the moment, I, I wouldn't really be advising that um but you know. so who would be your dark horse then tom if, if we can't mention ricardison um i i think it's probably stanislas <laughs> we mentioned it earlier okay um, I, i'm i don't know i i kind of fancy him he's just one of those players who seems to perform well whenever he's in this whenever he's in the squad for Bur- for bournemouth i i didn't have him last year and I, on the last day of the season when josh king got injured it was between stanislas and robbie brady uh, to come in, I brought in Brady, and obviously Stanislas scored within the first five minutes. He was one last season that I was always looking at, and I never quite got to bring in. But he could be one who could really turn things around. Okay, well then I'll um, I'll pump for Chupo Moting. Chupo Moting. I mean, he's got getting assist, isn't he? I mean, the other one that could actually come through. I mean, we spoke about Everton a little bit, but then there's Siggy. 8.2 I think well, I think now. I think all season we've been talking about Sigurdsson being a differential and he just he still hasn't done anything I think he needs to start getting returns in the Everton t-shirt before we, we can start actually uh, raving about him exactly. Everton shirt and fi- a final question for Nick from Rob uh, did you get a uh, did you get a tan in Malta um, not really I don't tan very well at all I've just get sunburned generally <laughs> okay <laughs> alright so uh, let, let's move towards wrap up then Nick so changes for next week you made one of them already haven't you yep yeah, I've made the move already so I've, I've got Morata in for Lukaku and I think my, my second move is going to be Ricarlison in for Sonny March yeah I think that's probably probably a good move I mean I've taken uh, Chaloba out for Richarlison already and gone 3-4-3 the problem is obviously Phil Jones's injury we need to find out how bad that is um, if he doesn't play then my alternative off the bench is Carl uh, Norton who has Arsenal who's just scored five away next um, so it might be a minus four for a defender. Can I can I do that? Well, I don't think maybe. I can do that. Can I? Well, I don't know. Not for I a mean, four point five. I'm defender. looking at a minus four as well, and I, I'm not a big fan of a minus four, but I think it's worth it to get Ricardison in. And yeah, so it was it was a funny game week, wasn't it? But let's let's uh, let's go forward and, and see. Yeah. Look to the future. Exactly. Anyway, uh, so we are uh, who got the assist. That's your lot this week. Uh, you can find us at WGT underscore FPL on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash who got the assist on Facebook, and online at who got the assist.com. Yep, our league code is 1538-17403. So if you haven't joined our league, join now. Thanks. And uh, like and subscribe uh, to this podcast um, and tell your friends about us if you like what you heard. Thanks very much, everybody. We'll be back in game week 10. We hope this assists you. Bye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist?
Social Podcast Network.